Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Ship It and Sip It. I'm excited today to have three sports tech startup founders in the studio today, joining me from the United States, from different places. A.R. Bell from Game Time Hero, which is a platform to find players and events near you. Tanya Krupp from adultsplaysports.com, which is a directory of leagues, camps, and more. And Wyatt Gustafson from Refer Sports, is it? Is that right? Correct, yes. Awesome. That's a gig style platform for referee management. Uh, they're all very new startups, and I'm excited to dive into their stories today on the show. So, first question and general intro question is How long have you been working on this idea, and what is one recent thing you've learned from your target audience? Let's start with you, Tanya. Um, I officially launched in January. I think I was working on it for a few months before that. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's been a big learning process. It's, um, but it's, it's, it's been fun. Um, and what was, I, I'm sorry, I, I totally missed your second question. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, one recent thing you've learned from your, your target audience or your target customer? Ooh, um, I, Honestly, it's like I learn something every single day. It's not one big thing. It's it's. I'm sure all these guys can attest to. It's it's every day. There's a new thing that pops up. It's it's constant, um, but it's fun. Keeps you on your toes. Awesome, Ar. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I've been working on this product for about two years. Um, um, really stemmed from my own problem of, of finding people to play with, and. Yeah, I mean, the biggest question, honestly, or the biggest thing that I've learned is um, pivoting, right? Like people will tell you they want something because they think that's something they want. And then when they see it, they'll say, this is not exactly it. I meant this. So kind of like being ready to iterate and pivot on, on certain ideas is kind of like the thing, I guess. All right. And what? Yeah. Um, been at this for about a year and a half now and kind of piggybacking on what AR said, it's like, I'm always learning that <laughs> what the customer tells me isn't always exactly what they want. And so um, diving into like the root cause of, you know, the problems in the sports industry and kind of what's making it lag behind is, um, you know, something that we're learning, just like trying to get to that root cause from the customer. Um, and a lot of what I've been learning recently is, you know, what everyone already knows is that money makes the world go around and, that's uh, that's the root of all evil and happiness when it comes to the customer. All right, well, very cool. Um, we can assume that you all love sports enough to start a company in this niche, uh, but can you describe the moment that you realized that this idea you had was worth sort of starting a whole company around it or exploring more seriously? And AR, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I think the moment that I realized was just, again, it's experience of the pain point. I've traveled a lot around around to play sports, very mediocrely, but to play a lot of different sports. I would go to Florida in the, the winters to play volleyball, uh, Denver recently to play pickleball. And if you haven't jumped on pickleball, John, it's the new hottest thing uh, to get in. Yeah. We'll save, we'll save it for, for the end or we'll do another podcast on it. But as I've traveled, like it, I, it's just really hard to find other people to play with. 
Um, it's hard to like be new to a sport like pickleball and to like find people who like kind of fit your mental model. Um, even with soccer, I played in soccer, soccer in Seattle um, for many years. And it's hard to find like casual groups to play with who allow a new person. So that's kind of where this, this idea stemmed from. All right. And why? Um, yeah. So credit to my co-founder Hawk. He was actually the one that came up with the idea. He was playing semi-professional hockey between high school and college. And he's noticed a lot of problems in the referee industry. And I'll never forget the day where I was about to hop into a computer science lecture and he gave me a call and said, you know, Wyatt, I've got this great idea. We're going to build this app. I need you to code it for me. And I quickly humbled myself in his opinion of, of his opinion of me and told him that I'm not Mark Zuckerberg and I can't code it. Um, but I told him the idea was possible. And he was like, sweet, let's get to work. Um, and then, you know, when I when we really found out that it was worth diving into is when we started doing kind of customer interviews and just learning more about the industry. And a lot of times, you know, you get friends that come up with this next billion dollar idea and within five minutes of market research, you can find out that it's someone's already doing it or it's not going to work. And we kept looking into this industry and we were just like, holy crap, like this is actually a massive problem and there's not a viable solution to it. And that's when we really got our hands dirty and started diving into it. Very cool. And Tanya? Um, I think mine, mine sort of evolved. I've, I've been a soccer player my whole life, but like AR, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll play any sport. I've jumped on the pickle ba pickleball bandwagon a bit too. <laughs> um, but I, you know, especially I'm, I'm, I'm the more senior of the group. So I was, I've told Wyatt and AR this story that, you know, sometimes I'll say, hey, I'm going to play a soccer tournament or I'm going to a soccer tournament and people go, Oh, for your kids. And like, no, for me. <laughs> um, so it, it, first conversation where people go, oh, I didn't know there's still leagues for, you know, people your age. or <laughs> um, You know, just it starts a lot of questions or people get curious about saying, oh, I'd love to get back into playing sports who may have played sports in the past. Or those, you know, literal soccer moms, I use my sister-in-law as an example, who, you know, never played, but watched my nephew from, you know, the time he was young to now where he's, you know, a, a D1 soccer goalie. Um, and they're interested about getting into playing, but they don't really know how to start. So I created, you know, I wanted to create a one-stop shop for everything that's, you know, a directory of adult leagues that's searchable by, you know, skill level, gender, sport, whatever city you're in, but also has the content around it that can have inspiring stories about athletes to get people excited about playing or, um, you know, tips on how to get into playing certain sports, that type of thing. Right on. Yeah. And I guess from my perspective, I've always been more into endurance sports, which are a bit easier just to do yourself running and cycling. So it's very interesting to have these perspectives into sort of team sports and all the other community aspects and complications that come along with that. So uh, what kind of scenes are you in now in terms of sports and specifically for your startup? What kind of feedback have you got from local communities? And we'll start with you, Wyatt. Yeah, so um, very much so still in sports. I think both my co-founder and I grew up as kids, played a different sport every single season, always involved in sports. And um, we both went down a path of focusing on hockey, and we actually both became hockey referees. And so we're still very much so in the hockey community here in the U.S., although those backgrounds in other sports have you know, allowed us to stay involved in 
all the scenes and all the communities here. And that's how we're trying to build a platform that reaches all sports. So I think, you know, on the sports scene, it's really all ages, all sports for us. Feedback that we're getting from customers early on is it's hard because we've got, you know, three different types of users. I'll keep it super quick. I mean, at a high level, like sports organizations, they just really want referees there so their kids can play uh, sports referees. They want freedom because it's a side job for them. And then these middlemen, these referee assigners, what we're learning is that they're just really striving for enhanced management tools that are being offered um, in industries. So I guess what we're learning there is, you know, kind of different for each of the three users. All right. Uh, Tanya? Yeah, I think it's... um you know, obviously, like, like I was saying, yeah, being kind of immersed in that soccer community, they were sort of my test market with throwing this idea out. And it was well received. Um, and then just, just talking to, to a lot of people kind of involved in sports have said, Oh, I wish I thought of this, or this is a great idea. Because there's, there tends to be, you know, you have to kind of do a lot of searching to find certain leagues and that type of thing. Um, some of these, you know, some of the smaller towns or like these sports and or, or parks and recs associations that it's you really have to dig into their websites to find what they offer and that type of thing so it's it's it can be challenging obviously for kids there's so many options but for adults it's so it's there's still a ton it's just you have to do a lot more digging to find it so um so i think you know from experienced athletes to the newbies alike, I've had really positive feedback. Very cool. And AR? Yeah, I mean, Tanya really just hit on a lot of the things I'm going to re reiterate. But for all this, I think the first question was, the, what sports do I play? The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> I like play like anything people tell me that I learn. So uh, from pickleball to volleyball, like today I'll be playing pickleball right after this call. Literally, my pickleball stuff is right over there. Uh, I'll be heading to play volleyball after that and then a uh, flag football game later. So I play a lot of sports. Um, but yeah, I mean, really the same thing. Like me, uh, Tanya and I met a while back, but we kind of talked about this. It's 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 just a, a hard thing to do, like to for adult tools. Uh, or tools for adults. It's just hard to find. And when you find them, they're either outdated, antiquated, or, or, or not enough. Right on. And I guess when I did my research here and I looked at all three of these ideas, it seemed like all of you are taking a different uh, approach to solving what is basically a communication problem. Um, so in that vein, there are chat apps, there's Facebook groups, how do these things that already exist fail to meet the needs of these adult sports communities that you're building for? And we'll start with Tanya this time. Oh, man, she gets the hard question. Here you go, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's just, like I said, with, with mine wouldn't be kind of the chat thing. That's, you know, mine's just more this directory. I kind of, I kind of liken it to um, the Yelp of, you know, adult sports. So it's just, again, this one-stop shop resource um because they're yeah they're just there just hasn't been a lot available just specifically for adults so um yeah <laughs> okay so more that's more of a discovery problem than it is sort of a communication problem yeah exactly yeah yeah okay why what about you yeah i'm glad we got into this question um you know i think for us and I'm sure for Tanya and AR, it's similar. It's like 
I think the word that I'd prefer to use over communication is just connection. And there's a huge industry in the sports industry with connecting people, whether that be, you know, referees or connecting a player to an organization or connecting players within a team. It's so antiquated and there's not, you know, proper technologies in place to just connect people. Like a big problem we see is, you know, a sports organization will say, hey, there's, there's not enough referees. It's like, no, there are. You're just not connected to them. You don't know you're there. And I'm sure Tanya's case is the same. Like, you know, oh, there's nowhere to play volleyball in San Diego. It's like, no, there definitely is. You just don't know about it. Um, so I think the big thing that I'm trying to do, and I think, you know, the two other founders here as well, is just build more efficient solutions for connecting people within the sports industry. All right. And AR? I'm so mad that I have to go last after those amazing answers. Uh, we should also have like a word, a sexy word counter because antiquated definitely is taking the cake right now. Good word choice, uh, Wyatt. So maybe at the at the video, John, you can put in bottom of the counter like a counter of words. Um, yeah, I mean, like it's um, I don't know. There's are there are a lot of tools out there, right? There there's Facebook groups, there's WhatsApp groups, but a lot of them are intrusive. Like, right? Like a, a lot of people don't want to be on Facebook anymore. I mean, I mean, it, that's even I like I, I have a Facebook account just so I can play sports. Literally, that's the reason I, I if, if it wasn't for like connecting with other people to play sports, I wouldn't have it. Um, and even then, it, I don't like logging in to use it. Um, and I know a lot of people, especially people, senior citizens and, and uh, older pe folks don't like using it. They don't know how. Um, so how do you tackle that challenge? And uh, it, for me too, even though we don't tackle leaves like Tanya does in the, the most amazing way she does, we we help other people find players and, and teams to play on. Um, and it's a discovery challenge, like, right? Like if I'm traveling, like, right, still, if I have to join a Facebook group, I have to wait three days to get approved. And then, and then three days to post my first message. And then probably by the time that the message gets approved, I'm leaving and I'm going back home and my vacation is over. Very sad. More vacation time, America. But it's it's a problem that I've seen so much, um, and people are like they're they're so used to Facebook that when I say this, they go, "Oh my God, this is literally one of the biggest problems I've had." So I I wanted to tackle this. I can vouch. I've had that exact same thing happen to me on vacation. With right, Tanya, it's like back to me until after I got home. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's there's a cornucopia of problems like this. Ding. There's my counter. It went up one. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of problems like this. All right. So uh, whenever I look at new community platforms and discuss them with founders, uh, it seems like there's a clear threshold where that you need to meet in terms of users, whether it's connecting teams and players, coaches, refs. Uh, you need sort of a local threshold in in some community for the platform to really come into its own to be very useful uh, for that community. So uh, how are you guys tackling this problem? Are you launching locally in certain cities, uh, trying to find, connect with local communities that already exist and onboard whole groups of people? What does that look like for you and AR, your first this time? Yeah, you're right. Like, uh, uh, the, these are at the source, at least for sure, Tanya and I are community-based, right? Wide a little bit too, because you need to still find the middleman and other people. So you need to have a community to community built. Um, so how I'm tackling that is literally going out with flyers. 
I am literally hitting pickleball courts every day and saying, literally telling people, how did you find about this? How did you find this court? Right. Even though our problem is not the court, it's mostly the players and people was like, oh, my God, I found it literally by luck. And this is where Tanya will come in because I'll have hopefully a flyer for her too, like to give out. But it's like, oh, I found this by luck and I'm new and I, I didn't know I was good enough. And I, I am looking for other people to play with me. So literally it's you hear that almost every person you, you talk to. So I hand them a flyer with our waitlist code and and that. So that's the player aspect. But we are not just focusing on players, also organizations, cities, and and other like uh, clubs and colleges, right? Because when people come to new schools, they're going to be like burdened with this problem of if they're not playing like like for D one or anything, they're they're going to have to find other people to play with, and it's going to be a problem for them for at least for the first six or seven months. So we want to uh, like move that problem out the way and and give them a platform to to find. Even think about apartment buildings, right? If I go join a new apartment building, the community manager is having a problem creating events and and like having people come over for a board game night or esport night. And yes, there are things like meetup, but again, like I'm sure all of us can talk about it. Like they have their own problems that we we can spend a whole app talking about or a whole day talking about. But I wanted to make something that's less of a barrier to use than WhatsApp and all these other things. All right, uh, Wyatt, what about you? Yeah, there's uh, definitely like that chicken egg problem, and I mean needing a community, uh, especially in my industry. Like when you've got you know people that need referees for games, and then you've got referees that want games to work and make money, and it's like getting the balance there and. So our approach to finding early adopters, it's definitely not sexy. It's definitely not slick. It's um, getting our hands dirty again, being at the field. Um, you know, some like the promises that we're making to these early adopters is, hey, if we don't find you guys referees, it'll be me there in my skates. I'll be refereeing the game. And that's just, you know, we're finding that's what we're going to need to do, as AR said, for maybe those first like six months or so until we can build up that community in the sport or city that we're in. Um, and so I think part of what, you know, we're mainly trying to do is just provide the value manually that the platform will ideally be giving the user um, in the future, like our big features network where a sports organization can go on the platform or an assigner can go on the platform and find referees nearby. If we're in a brand new city, we're not going to have those referees there. So we're going to do that work manually for them. We're going to go find them, the referees, to bring them that value um, with the goal that in the future, you know, that work will be done for us. Right on. Yeah, the guys from Airbnb started in their own apartment, right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tanya, what about you? Um, I think mine's a little bit of a different approach because it's not um... – you know, it's not an app. I think I'm going to take the the reverse approach of these guys. Like where mine's, you know, web-based. Eventually I'd like to turn the directory into an app, but so it's not going at it from a local approach. It's more, you know, just filling the directory with leagues, which right now is a manual process and pretty arduous. But, um, but I'm trying to focus those, you know, I did some research on kind of the areas that are the most athletic and, you know, um, you know, where it's residents are the most sporty, I guess, and, and trying to really fill the directory in those communities. Um, and then, you know, I, a year and a half ago, I didn't know what SEO meant or stood for. So it's, it's really been, I've been giving myself a, a crash course in digital marketing. And, um, you know, I have a background in, in writing and in, and in sales and marketing. Um, 
So I'm really trying to be focused with doing, you know, optimizing the content for SEO to drive the traffic. So that's, that's been my approach is really um, focused on, on, on building it to drive the traffic from, you know, from a national level. That makes sense. All right. Now, AR and Tanya is your time to shine. I've been outside the US for the better part of 10 years. So <laughs> fill me in on pickleball. Why is everybody <laughs> crazy about this sport? What am I missing? And I guess if I were to bring it to the European city that I'm living in now, is that a good idea? Would I just become like I mean, it's, it's America's fastest the- growing sport? It's America's fastest growing sport, not Europe's yet. So yeah, you, you can so, make that happen. So I've got an opportunity here to sort of be an early adopter to, yeah. to lead the pickleball charge. All right. Yeah. What's so good about it? AR, fill me in. Yeah. So it's it's take tennis, take badminton, take ping pong, and take all of the things you like about all of them and put them together in one sport. That is the glory of pickleball. Like, I feel like this should be like on a duper ad or something. But it's 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 one of the reasons I think people got into it, I think, is because it's it's easier, like, right? It's easier on the joints. It's easier on, it's a lower barrier to, to learn, like, right? I feel like tennis, like you have to buy expensive paddle or rackets or whatever they're called. And and it's, um, I'm sure the tennis community is going to watch this podcast and go, boo, he just caught it on the paddle. Get this guy, he doesn't know about sports. He doesn't even go to the school. Um, but it is it is a little bit of a, a higher barrier to, to entry. Whereas pickleball, like you can kind of get started pretty fast. Um, I was pretty against learning a new sport. Like I know a lot of sports already and I was super against it. And I went and played once at Lifetime and I loved it. I've been playing literally probably about three hours a day every morning. And just so you guys know, I haven't told Wyatt or Tanya this, but I'm going to be a pickleball instructor now in Denver for the next year. (laughs) Because I've been playing so much. So it'll be on my part-time gig. So it's a a very, very fun sport. It's fun. And I think the beauty of it is from what I've seen, you know, because you hear, I remember I went out with a, a guy when I first played pickleball and he's a tennis player. He's like, oh, we're pickleballs where tennis players go to die. <laughs> um, but the nice thing about it is that it's, you know, it, it, it was in the past primarily a retiree sport and it's, but it, it's got picked up by younger people. And I think the beauty of it is that it can be played at a fast pace or a slower pace. It's kind of, it can be done at both paces for kind of what your athletic ability is. So it's nice for the older people. It's nice for the younger people. It's it's kind of all encompassing. Okay. Uh, why have you tried it? Do you have any other views I, on it? I'm still team tennis, not a, okay. not an early adopter yet, but I mean, I, I hear it's a blast. Um, I, I think AR summed it up well from what I hear about it. It's like, it's the perfect mix of everything between ping pong, badminton, tennis. And so I, I would love to try it. Just haven't got around to it yet. And I'm, quite content with uh, the game of tennis right now. Okay. Wyatt, we live we live in remotely the same area. Like I think you're literally probably about a mile or two away from me. So we could go play it today and we can we can check in with John and let him know how what you thought of it. Let, let, let's do it. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like you got a match coming up whether you want it or not. <laughs> All right. So um, just a more general question since Sport is such a wide category. Uh, we got pickleball, we got running, we got soccer, football, hockey. Um, 
do you have a strategy in terms of sort of conquering or getting getting a lot of people onto your solution? Is it to focus on one sport at a time or do something more broadly? And we will start with Tanya. Ooh, that's I mean that's that's been a tough one for me to kind of to to tackle. I've thought about it a lot because when I say, you know, mine's adultsplaysports.com, it's every adult who can play sports, whether you're, you know, twenty-two or eighty-two, but um and that it's kind of every skill level, I want it to be inclusive of, of, of everything. But at the same time, when I'm kind of building my content, I have to look at, you know, what are the sports that attract the most people, um, you know, who are adults to play. So I try to create the content around kind of the more popular sports, like, you know, the, the soccer, the basketball, um, to, to, to drive the traffic. But in the directory, I've, I've got, every kind of sport i mean there's fencing in there there's cricket i mean there's you know people can look up all kinds of of, of random sports but like i said when i'm when i'm creating the the, the content that i'm writing it's it's pretty hyper focused on more of the the mainstream sports to drive the traffic although i do have you know some some other content out there as well but um but yeah for me it's all about trying to drive the traffic right now all right and how about you what yeah um like you know a big thing we've learned i'll quickly start with like what i've learned kind of not to do and um it actually happened very recently we brought in some sales help from a friend of ours that did really well at a fast growing tech company he's like you know i i know sales well i can do this for you guys and what works for him in a tech company is you can go into these fancy softwares like hubspot and look up you know, chief technology officer and find a list of thousands of CTOs across the world and blast emails to them. Now in sports, the problem is you, if you look up adult basketball player on LinkedIn, you might find Kevin Durant or LeBron James, but you're not finding who you actually want, like AR or Satania. And so it's a huge problem with like just trying to email people because it doesn't, at least for us, like it doesn't really exist in our industry. These are part-time jobs. These are hobbies. And so I think the best way to reach these people in the communities is to be out there, to play the sports, to be a part of them. Um, and I think, you know, at least for us, more so than just trying to like blast our solution all over and see where it lands, we're really going to have to focus on planting a seed in a strategic spot and then doing well. Um, and then just growing through like word of mouth and testimonials from people in the community. Yeah, the goal is definitely to expand early on. Um, you know, in hockey, we're not even set on. I think the reason that it comes up so much is that's just like where me and my founders' roots are. But really, at the end of the day, we're just a scheduling, a networking, and a payment platform. And so I'd kind of joke, but like if a chess tournament wanted to use our software, they easily could and they could connect with judges on it and pay them and schedule them, et cetera. And so I think where we start is really just going to be where we find early adopters and that's likely going to be in the sport where they need the solution most 
Um, and then another big part of it too is just going to be timing and our technology. Sports are very seasonal. And so like, for example, where we are now in the U.S., we're kind of just missing like the start of like hockey seasons and basketball seasons at the moment. And so we might need to start strategically setting ourselves up for like the spring with, you know, sports like soccer and baseball, et cetera. Makes sense. And AR? Yeah. Like, uh, like Tanya kind of said, and, and Wyatt, we're not limited to any sport, right? It's open-ended to, to all sports. In fact, like it's like, I've almost to the point where it's not just sports, it's hobbies because our platform will be able to say like, Hey, I want to play somebody in uh, chess later today or board games or uh, call of duty match. Um, so you'd be able to literally go on and do that. But at the same time, we want to make sure we have focus because each subsector will have their own problems, right? So call of duty players or tears of the kingdom player. I just played through that whole game and I loved it. Name drop there. Um, we'll have different problems from each other. So, uh, we wanted to, I wanted to uh, pick the sports that I know pretty well. So pickleball, volleyball. And how I'm doing that is literally just going on the community. I play every day. It, it, it's, I love doing it. So, and I see the pain points. So running surveys, like hey, getting 10 people at the pickleball, hey, I'm running a survey. I just, I'll buy you a smoothie if you take this. I just want to ask you 10 questions. Um, and they'll tell me like, they what apps they use, why they suck, what what works, what doesn't. And then I take that, generate prototypes, come up with new ideas and, and rerun it. Um, the other part of this, which is in its infancy, and we haven't really talked about this, is we've kind of like had this idea of starting this like sports network uh, between us three and maybe some other people. Because as you kind of can see, even on this podcast, we have like some, uh, we're in our own sector. There's a little bit of crossover, like if we were to do a, a bandana, Venn diagram, like there's some crossover, but it's really in a good, good space, like, right. And not like, like uh, too much competition or anything. And we can really support each other. So starting, starting a network where we can have like even a Facebook page of like, here's our app, here's what our, our network can do for you if you join our network. So um, that's in this infancy, not even like scaled out, but like doing that kind of like builds trust among people. And, and like if, 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 if I were to go to a community and say, hey, I will give you this app to help your players find players. But also, that's not it. I have this this uh, partner who by joining with me, you can also find refs easy and we can put your, your league on a uh, database. It does so much to even say that word network to like potential customers from what I've learned. Thanks, Parallect. Um, that it's like so it's yeah, it's so good to like kind of start building that. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into some of the things you've learned as founders on this journey. Uh, pivot a little bit away from the sports aspects. And so have you always wanted to launch your own startup or was this your first attempt? And we'll start with uh, Tanya, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had a few times in my past where I've thought of different different ideas to launch. And, you know, it's freaking scary <laughs> um and with this i think it's you know the, the the biggest investment is i mean there's financial investment for for me i but not but more of it is time um so it's it's a little less scary as far as having this huge chunk of money invested into it although that's you know it happens slowly but um yeah, I just, you know, um, the last couple companies I work for were, were uh, private equity owned and they are just soul suckers. And um, I, I, that was kind of my turning point. The last one, I was just said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I just, this is the time in my life. I'm kind of at a point in my life where 
I, you know, have enough stashed away that I can give this a shot for a period of time and, and, you know, knock on wood, hope it, hope it works as I have intended it to. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely always been something in, you know, in the back of my mind just to start something. So just, it's finally getting to the point in my life where I said, all right, you know, throw caution to the wind and do it. Very cool. What about you, AR? Yeah, I mean, I've had this idea for a while. Actually, I went through a coding boot camp um, maybe five or six years ago, uh, longer than that. It was like seven years ago um, that I just finished. But I went through a boot camp um, and I was like, I had this idea for finding subs, right? Um, and just for clarification, subs as in like replacement players, not like Subway sandwiches or something, just so people on the call know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I've had this idea for a while and I was just like, I had imposter syndrome. I just like didn't think I was like ready for it. And then I saw an app that did something similar, um, got like funded at a Kickstarter in Tennessee, right? Like won the hackathon. Um, and then a really good app, which if you guys haven't heard about it, there's, um, what is it, find a player. I'm gonna name drop them. So I really wanna meet this guy. If you're out there, connect with me. I think his name is Jim, but he, he's over in the UK or whatever. And he built this idea a couple of years ago for finding players and connecting people with, with people over in that area. Um, and then after seeing a couple like iterations of things in my own product, which has its own secret sauce that I haven't talked about on this, this call, I was like, why not me? You know, like I, I should do this. You know, I, I've worn many hats from marketing, MBA, other things. So I, I just kind of put all my eggs in, the, in, in this basket this, this February. Very cool. And what? Yeah, I, I wish I could give the non cliche answer to this question, but it, <laughs> it has been quite some time for me. Uh, just always wanting to start a business, be a founder. Um, my whole life, I've been obsessed with identifying problems and just being like, Hey, that makes zero sense. There's a better way to get from point A to point B. Um, and diving into it. I think what's been so fun recently though, is as a founder's like, you know, once I've started this business, you've kind of learned like what it takes and it's scary, but it's not impossible. And I think, you know, why I waited when I was say obsessed with being an entrepreneur or whatnot in high school or college, it's like, I just didn't think I had what it took um, to do it. And I'd always try to lay out a perfect foundation before getting started. And I learned in doing so, you'll never get started if you try to put out every fire before you, you know, start your business. So now I'm glad that I finally done this, pursued this with my co-founder, and um, you know, now have the confidence to like, keep moving forward with it in the future. Cool. And let's talk a little bit about your motivations. Um, what are they? Is it to go full time and be all in on your idea? uh to bootstrap and keep it as a side hustle of some kind or to raise investment what are you aiming for wow let's start with uh, ar yeah i mean yes I, I think there's a lot of like monetary and like personal things but as as say as it sounds i want to build something that really matters to the sports community right like i like that first and foremost is super important to me because this problem is here, right? Like this problem for finding players, finding teams, organizing your teams, having a group chat for your team without the barrier of Facebook and WhatsApp. It's there, right? So having that, but then also like when, once we grow, like solving the problems of lessons, like how do we find lessons? How do I intergroup my my small 
I'm going to call you my guys, my gang now, Wyatt and Tanya. How do I integrate my gang, my crew, my running crew into like our, this sports community and grow their apps like bigger than what mine can go. So that's kind of the first goal. Um, the second goal for me is, um, yeah, going full time. I'm already full time on this, but like generating revenue and, and, and finding investors who like also know that this is a pain point and will kind of help us go in the right direction and pivot in the right direction so we can get this out to everyone um because like we've all been saying like we know this is our pain point because we all have played the sport have done it uh in our past so like convincing investors uh is is the next next step and raising raising rounds so we can really hit this uh us uh wide and then worldwide cool what yeah i think uh motivation is definitely you know all in raising investments and kind of going for like that rocket ship takeoff. I think the motivation behind it is just, you know, the impact that you can make with starting your own businesses. Um, as AR said, you know, there's obviously monetary upside, which is also like the amount of people that you meet and can interact with is incredible. I think, you know, I'm meeting probably a new person every single day throughout starting a business where I don't feel like you get that same opportunity in you know, typical corporate jobs. And so I think that's the big motivator for me. It's just a potential impact that you can make. Although it is scary at times because it's like, oof, like I, you know, you, you might not have the security of like a paycheck coming in or it's like, you know, my business has two months of runway. And like after that, if we don't raise more money, then what? But I think that's part of, you know, the sacrifice that you make starting the business. And for me, at least like that high pressure, um, almost adds like the fun because it just keeps you on your toes. All right. And Tanya. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm bootstrapping it here. I mean, I, um, I did, I, I left my job. So, um, it's, you know, I'm all in on, on doing this full time. I do have, uh, I picked up some freelance, uh, writing gigs here and there, um, doing a couple of little freelance things, but, but probably, you know, 80% of my time is spent on this and just putting every, you know, every ounce of blood, sweat and tears into it. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, and it's been great meeting, you know, these guys as well, because I think, I think AR touched on it that, you know, we we're all complementary to each other. It's, um, you know, nothing, nothing competes directly with each other. So, you know, sometimes you feel like you're on an Island and going, what the heck am I doing? So it's nice to commiserate with with people in the same situation, but also to share your, you know, your small victories as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, so that's the motivation. And, you know, like some of my content I wrote, write is on, um, you know, I feature different athletes. So um, doing their stories motivates me and just, you know, it's, it's kind of giving these people a voice that, you know, it's not the LeBron James story. It's the, you know, random you know john doe story about his his baseball story you know that i just actually just wrote a baseball story on three generations that play on one team and you know from the, the grandpa to the sons to his sons and it's just that kind of stuff gets you inspired and motivated to continue um on the path forward that's really cool yeah i saw that post on, on your website Everybody go check out the story of the three generations of baseball players. It's heartwarming and beautiful. All right. Uh, I know that Wyatt and AR right now are both in an accelerator program together, I think, in Minneapolis. 
Is that right? So uh, this question is, is related to sort of mentorship. Do you have any mentors that are really helping you on this path uh, or any other relationships like that? You've already described the one here between the three of you. Uh, anybody that's really helped you out and what have you learned from them? And we'll start with Wyatt. Yeah, uh, especially as a first-time 23-year-old founder, mentorship has been everything. And we've quickly learned that it is so much easier to just shoot someone the email and ask for 30 minutes of their time and get their experience advice rather than make a blind-eyed decision and possibly cost yourself a bunch of money or a bunch of time. I think one experience that really propelled us and like gave us the confidence to move forward with us was when we met with a few different mentors from that were early on at a company here in Minneapolis that was in the sports tech industry named Sports Engine. And they ended up selling to NBC Sports for $100 million. And my co-founder and I early on were like, you know, if we could ever, ever meet with like someone from their team that was early on, that would be like a dream come true. And a week later, we're meeting with like three people from their early on team. And I'm like, what the heck is happening? And all these guys are like, well, we're asking them, you know, hey, like we need to keep our idea secret. Like we don't want sports engine to steal it. They have so much money and they're in sports. And they're like, no, don't worry about that. Put your heads down and go build, like go for this. And that really gave us the confidence, like hearing it from those, you know, seasoned vets in the space. Um, it gave us the confidence to move forward. And we also quickly learned that people that have been in our shoes before want to help us and want to see us succeed. And so on that note, like mentorship has been huge because we quickly learned that if you just reach out and ask, people want to help you. Very cool. What about you, Tanya? Um, I have a couple friends who kind of uh, I've leaned on a bit. Um, you know, when I first launched, there's a, a woman in my soccer community. She's, she runs a website called San Diego soccer women.com. And, um, it started just as San Diego, but it's kind of, she's, she's gone global with that. Um, so just kind of, you know, just the simple things about, like, Hey, how do I do this for social media or how do I, you know, just, um, she's, she's given me some tips there. And then I have another, um, another friend who's a, a teacher and he, um, teaches a class called social entrepreneurship actually to, um, to, to high school kids and, um, he's got a big background in some of the things I'm doing too. So he's, he's definitely given me some advice along the way. And yeah, so it's nice to just sort of pick people's brains who have forged the path ahead of you. Um, you know, going back to that, sometimes you feel like you're on an Island. So it's, it's good to have um, people to bounce ideas off or just go, Hey, am I, am I doing the right thing? Cause sometimes you feel like, I don't, I, you know, sometimes you're like, I got this. And the next minute you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> You, you kind of vacillate back and forth between the two. So um, definitely good to have to have people in your corner to, to sort of pick their brains and bounce ideas off. Right on. What about you, AR? Yeah, uh, why and I going to be very similar because we're in Minneapolis. Thank you for telling people, John. I was in the witness protection program. Now everyone knows where I'm located. So It's on LinkedIn, bro. There, <laughs> I'm not really good at hiding. Um <laughs> Yeah, like I, I've also like have like met with a lot of people, uh, including people from Sports Engine, and I was also very afraid of like people taking my idea. But um, as John knows this, and 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 why I'm telling you, I was also part of a pre accelerator 
a program called uh, the Nano Grid Program with Pearleg. And one of the things that they said was just building in public. And I, even being part of that, like building in public, obviously like not hiding ideas, like doing it, asking people for feedback, almost everything I do. Hey, I've had a survey. What do you guys think? And getting direct feedback from that. Um, learning that has helped us grow way more, way faster than, than anything. And the people that come from that, like willing to like, hey, I know this person who can help you with this part. Um, I know this person who can help you with this part. Uh, not being afraid because I have an idea that somebody immediately is going to take it. That fear is always going to be there. But like this networking thing has really, really helped. And I would say even outside of mentoring, the number one thing I've learned to do is support other people. And it's not even just about me. It's about like really helping other people grow. Like I like I love learning. I love teaching. Um, it's my probably my my biggest passion. So when when people introduce me to other people, learning from them and then taking that knowledge they've given me and like literally the next day saying, oh my God, I just learned this. Let's sit in a room. And let's talk about this because this is a cool thing. It has helped me grow as a founder because it helps me like we talk about something I just learned and it's helping somebody else grow. So I, I would say all of that kind of ties into this like mentorship networking like idea. Awesome. Well, I don't want to go too long, but I have two more questions and then we'll wrap this up. So what are some one or two non-obvious challenges or delights you have discovered so far in your journey? Tanya. Ooh, um, I, I think, like I said, it was not even knowing like what SEO is. I'm just going, oh, I have this cool idea to build this website. And I didn't realize how much goes into it. Um, and especially being a one woman show and, and trying to do everything as far as promote yourself on social media, build a website, build this directory. It's, it's, it's sort of, um, it, it's been super fun because like AR, I said, I'm, I'm, I love to learn. So I do end up going down a rabbit hole and things that should take me five minutes end up taking me five hours. Cause it's like, just opened up all these other questions. Um, so it's, it, yeah, I mean, I think that's, it, it's, it's sort of been a challenge and delight all in one learning, learning everything that's involved in this. And I think, I think one of the biggest things is, I, I think I've said this to AR, it's like, I mean, I used to make fun of influencers and now I see like, I'm like, good <laughs> Lord, it is some work. It is not just, you know, popping some little post on Instagram. It's work. It, it is, it's a lot. <laughs> For sure, for sure. What about you, AR? Yeah, same with you, Tanya. It's funny, even before I get into that, I just met some influencers. They're young kids, probably like 22, 23. I think they're the boys of 98, but they have a big following. And they just came to play pickleball at one of the courts I was at. And they have like a, a reach of like, I think he was saying like 200K people on like YouTube or something. And you will have to look up the name so we can add them because I really give a shout out because they taught me a lot in that short amount of time. But even just talking to them, realizing like how much that like social media marketing your your app and really not even pitching your app just teaching other people about ideas or like talking about other things that have really nothing like to do with like hey buy my app is really important for just community building and, and getting buy-in and and all the other things so that's like the biggest thing i've learned outside of like tying into that is building in public right like really like when i make a new app thing to my app not being like oh my god i'm gonna hide this because people aren't going to like like it or I'm going to get judged like saying, hey, I changed the colors. What do you guys think? And getting feedback like, hey, I like it. Here's what you should change because people like hearing their own voices and giving feedback. It's the, it's the number one thing I've learned about the startup community and really, really dialing into that has, has changed like my my trajectory a lot. Very cool. What? 
Yeah, let's start with a delight is definitely just how much you get to learn um, and how many new people you get to meet. It's That's one incredible part of this journey for sure. And it's like every single day you're meeting someone new and you're learning something new. I think something that's a challenge is being a founder is a bit isolating because a lot of people, you know, they'll watch movies like The Social Network. And like, oh, you know, Zuckerberg coded Facebook overnight and had thousands of users within a few hours. And I know for me, and I think AR too, like that's just, and Donnie, that's just not the case. Um, been at this for almost two years. And it's, then your grandma will call you and say, hey, like how many users do you have? How much money are you making? And every time the answer is like zero and zero. She'll call again a month later, same questions. And it's zero and zero. And like your friends will ask you, your girlfriend will ask you. And so that part of it is challenging because people just like, I think a lot of times don't understand the amount of work and time that's required in it. Um, and so, yeah, I constantly like answering those questions of just like, yeah, like we're still moving forward. I promise like the numbers don't show it. Uh, that part's challenging. For sure. For sure. And I did see, I, I put this in the outline. I saw on Twitter the other day, they had an interview with Larry Page and, and Sergey Brin from Google early on and when they just launched and Sir Larry Page said, oh yeah, we talked with like four people about the idea. They really liked it and they're going to give us money. And I was like, what that, that happens? <laughs> okay. Uh, but anyway, every startup has its own sort of journey and adventure. So um, putting your optimistic glasses on for a moment to wrap this up, what does success look like for your startup in the next sort of six to eight months? And follow up to that, what are the sort of levers you're pulling right now to make that happen? And we'll start with AR this time. Yeah. So um, some of the things we're going for in a short amount of time is, is I think 500 people on the wait list. Right now we're at like 369 because we haven't officially launched like publicly. We ha we're ready, but we I think hitting this number is big. I've been reading a lot of things. I'm name dropping so many things I've lo looked at, but like <laughs> the Parallel Program, the Who's Fabio course, like there's a lot of things that I've been reading and like this 500 number, while it's not tied to anything grand, it's a good thing to get to. Like it shows like, hey, I have 500 people in this area who are loving this, this idea. And it's a good number to show potential investors to get to. So that's number one. Once we get that, I think we'll launch and hopefully we'll have it in a month. So hopefully that happens. The second part of that is letters of intent. I think I mentioned this uh, earlier in the, the call, but we want to get kind of like, it's a twofold treat. We want to get like other people knowing about the product and get their early commitment to saying, hey, once this is launched, we're in, we'll use it even for free. Like uh, we'll use this. So I've been like going to like apartment complexes, like uh, leagues and organizers saying, hey, like if we make a, a app tailored to you and what you need, could you give me a commit on using this even for six months? And I, I'll give it to you for free for six months and then we'll we'll start a, a subscription course. And right now I think we're at one and a half. We have like, I have another one that I'm signing tomorrow. So that's a great thing to have. And we're gonna try to get to like 10 or 12. And then the other part of that is like I said earlier too, is to build this sports network. There's nothing in startup that I think beats networking and building community. So like having like this, this sports kind of like almost 
like group of people to talk about pain points and things that they dealt with, share their 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 ideas, like just like product hunt is something I want to build within the next two or three months and have these two like um, help out with that and, and use their own expertise. Because Tanya is the best writer that I've ever met. Wyatt is like one of the most uh, brilliant minds for, for business developers. So utilizing them as much as I can and giving them my expertise, horrible expertise in building like JavaScript websites um, <laughs> as much as I can. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about you, Tanya? Um, I think you know my my focus has been on building the the traffic to get the visibility, and um, you know I I can't live on air, so I would like to earn some money to to, to sustain myself. So um, you know, buy myself some food and maybe some wine. Um, but yeah, I think uh, I think right now it's like I said, it's just kind of been building the traffic, and then what I want to do is sort of um, you know partner with different um, leagues where they can you know elevate themselves in my directory with featured listings or offer you know promotional discounts to to members who sign up for their leagues. Um, so monetize that way as well as you know perhaps some brand partnerships and um, monetize that way as well. Um, I know, you know, AR I talked to about, because one of the ideas I had was to have a, a community on the website as well, sort of a forum. But then I realized I kind of took that off now because I'm like, it's just so much work to try to build that on top of everything else I'm doing. But, you know, AR and I have talked about potentially integrating um, the Game Time Hero into my site to sort of build that community too, where people can find leagues, but then they can also find um, partner players um so that's you know it's probably a little bit further down the road but we think we've got we've all got some big plans awesome and what last word goes to you yeah um i got next six to eight months of like rapidly building software and along with that we're going to be testing it and piloting it and so i think like the analogy i'll use is kind of training wheels on a bike and i'd say right now our bike has like 40 training wheels on it um, and so over the next eight months, the goal would be to slowly take some of those off. And I mean that in the sense, like when we bring on a customer, um, like what I mentioned, so say in late October, like we're doing a pilot with a hockey organization and they're going to be four hours away. And if we don't find them referees for a game, I'll be driving four hours down to Iowa to referee a hockey game. And that's like a training wheel we have in place with that organization where it's like they have some security and comfort using us. And so over these next, you know, six to eight months would be just, the goal would be to slowly remove things like that where we're not having to do, you know, the manual and laborious work on our end to make these customers happy, but just let our platform drive itself and give the user value. Awesome. Well, uh, oh, I was going to say this too. Like I didn't, I, Wyatt and Tanya. So I'm going to tell you this, but like one of the things we should do, like we should, run a tournament with all of our apps on it. Like we should actually have a sports tournament sometime. We should talk about this. I think we could do this. Have Wyatt like organize the refs, have us find players, have you like do the location and publicate. We should do this. Like, I have so many it's ideas. Hey, hey, John can play in it. Yes. I was gonna say it has to it it has to be pickleball. It has yeah. to be pickleball. It has to be pickleball. <laughs> all right. Well, that reminds me, AR, AR first wrote to me uh, and pitched this idea for the podcast, but he said, John, what do you think about doing a podcast with these two other startups and me? 
And I, at first, I, I wasn't sure if he meant like start a whole new podcast or just do one episode. <laughs> and I was like, maybe it could be fun. Either way, I'm game. So uh, lots of potential here. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to share your ideas and your journeys with me. I will leave the links to all of your startups in the show notes, and I will share this with you guys as soon as it goes live. Uh, any other anything else that you'd love our audience to know before we sign off? Just check out all our all our platforms. We'd love it. And thank awesome. you. All thank right. You. Thank you guys. Have a great week. Thanks, John. <laughs>